Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I swear, I think Trump has got to fire that guy who is flying around on the plane. Mm. I don't see how he can possibly con- yeah. continue his Trump talk to working class people who, like that one flight that cost $25,000, that's the entire year's taxes for a lot of people. Right. Well, and that's a different guy, I think, than we were talking about yesterday, or it's the same guy, because you got a couple of cabinet members who are doing it. Yeah. Here's my only bitch, and, and I'm with you, fire them both, fire them all. Fire everybody. The New York Times and Washington Post were nowhere to be seen during the eight years of the Obama administration. They had zero interest in what cabinet members or what uh, Speaker of the House or whatever was squandering what amount of money flying around. Oh, no interest no doubt, in it. No doubt. But, you know. But, you know, you can't trade make... in your principles just because somebody else doesn't have any. Uh, the... I'm, I'm with you. It's just frustrating. Yeah. 
We'll have to play those clips again of old Price uh, railing against government officials flying around on private planes. And then when he gets in office, he does it. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. So I remember back in the day when people, America, liberals, liberal media, would salute someone who took back their neighborhood, quote unquote. But now it's gotten a little more complicated. We're going to talk to Ramona Russell, who lives in the Land Park area of Sacramento, California. Uh, she and her neighbors uh, felt like the neighborhood was uh, was going downhill in a big hurry, and she's with us now. Hey, Ramona, how are you? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm oh. really excited. Oh, hey, it's it's our pleasure. We admire what you're trying to do um, to the extent that we understand it. So what can you describe for us what was going on in Land Park that had you concerned? Okay. So for those of that are not aware of Land Park. It's a beautiful historic neighborhood where the zoo is and many kids' attractions, pony rides. Um, one of the oldest neighborhoods in Sacramento. And in the last year, we've seen a very dangerous increase in crime and drug use and drug dealing and homeless camps, homeless camps upwards to 30 to 60 people in one camp. And people uh, shooting up in public restrooms and stores and uh, in front of businesses. Um, it's very common to find a hypodermic needle in the sidewalk, human feces. Um, it's also, we were also having uh, problems with, um, you know, employees of coffee shops and other places being assaulted by criminals and homeless people. And again, you know, uh, serious, serious drug use. And I just felt that, um, you know, when you don't feel safe to you know, walk down the street or sit outside a coffee shop or pick up your prescription, you know, with your family or your dog or whatever, um, that you're being failed, seriously failed as a community. Well, right. And let me point out that absolutely everything you've described thus far is, you know, not only objectionable, uh, but illegal. And so illegal. All of it is illegal. Where are the homeless camps popping up, like in parks, vacant lots or what? Both. So Land Park, um, which is we refer to the Central Park of Sacramento, uh, we have some issues there. Um, really under the freeways, um, which are next to businesses, and then um, they also camp out right outside of doors of businesses as well, or in their parking lot. Before we get to the what you've tried to do about it, <clears throat> what I noticed since I had my uh, run-in with a transient several weeks ago, and then I started talking to more people and. Uh, is how, uh, because I live in a town or there are various areas that went from having no problems to pretty significant problems, is you little by little change your lifestyle, and you don't even notice it, really, until somebody points it out. Oh, I don't go any there anymore, or I don't go there with my kids anymore, or I don't go there after certain times anymore. You just slowly change your lifestyle, and then when it's pointed out to you, you think, that sucks. Mm. That's not cool exactly. that I'm adjusting my lifestyle to accommodate this. So you got exactly. your violence, the- you got your okay. drug use, you got your incredibly diseased human poo going on. So what do you and your neighbors decide to do? So after hearing about the uh, high levels of E. coli in the river and the Hepe outbreak in San Diego that's moving north, I just got really angry one day. And I thought, you know what, I thought I'm just going to I'm just going to start a Facebook group, and Facebook groups are private. Only the members who are accepted can see what's going on there. And I said, I'll just invite some neighbors, 
And I'm going to outline a strategy because one of the biggest complaints in our neighborhood is that City Hall, our representation, um, aren't good about returning emails and calls, and we feel extremely ignored. And I thought, you know what, how can we get how can we put pressure on City Hall? How can we get the attention back as taxpayers and business owners um, back and, and help solve this problem or at least alleviate it to a degree? And so I outlined a strategy in, in this group uh, that I call Lampark Society that we follow to put pressure um, you know, on the right departments to help us. And so what we do is we report whatever we see. We probably make 20 to 30 reports a day. We post it in our Facebook group, time, location, what the issue was, and we report it. until. And then I have a strategy where if you don't get a, a response that you like, if you don't get a response within 24 hours, you report again. If you don't, then we start going on social media. And if we don't, then we go to the news. Wow. How's that going so far? Are you, are you seeing any effect? Yes. It worked in 24 hours. Oh. So we haven't. We haven't had to go past that once our group started. So the group is only three weeks old. We have almost 600 members. We've had three media appearances. We've had multiple homeless camps and garbage piles cleaned up. We've had a owner of an empty land space who wasn't aware that was being used like a landfill. They cleaned that up and added a fence. A gas station that was attracting drug dealers and drug users um, put up a fence and agreed to get rid of their payphone and shut off their bathroom. And law enforcement, Prop 47 has really hurt us. And law enforcement um, has now been responding to people shooting up in public places. Uh, you know, they're passing out in bathrooms with coffee shops and stores. And, Prop 47, uh, for folks not uh, familiar with yeah. it, was a California proposition that decriminalized committing crimes. Yes. Anyway, and everybody cites it. Everybody mentions Prop 47 when they talk about the explosion in this sort of problem. 100% of cops say terrible idea. Uh, You have to be a completely unicorn riding soft head to think it was a good idea. Uh, Anyway, um, so uh, Ramona Russell's on the line. She lives in the Land Park area of Sacramento, California, where they're taking back their neighborhood from dangerous, scary, diseasey stuff. Um, and and the, the success of your campaign is fantastic. It's a great example of, of how people ought to be active participants in the world that they live. But then there's been some sort of backlash, we understand? After, yes. After um, myself and another member were on local television news, we started being publicly shamed and, um, by very young Antifa supporters, sympathizers who do not live or work in our neighborhood. They don't own homes or businesses. Some don't even live in the state. And, you know, we hate poor people. This person really isn't a Christian. We're disgusting. You know, uh, a barrage of harassment. And you know what? What I have to say is, first of all, you know, in your 20s, you don't even know who you are yet. <laughs> Shut up, Junior. (laughs) (laughs) Young people shouldn't be allowed to vote. We all are in agreement on that. I also think, you know, uh, talk talk to me once you own a home, pay property taxes, put your life savings into a business, and then have people stop going to it because someone has urinated or defecated outside of it or is shooting up and passing out in your bathroom. So, uh, Or once you have kids. And your six-year-old uh, finds a needle, hypodermic needle, in your yard. How are how are the how do you know they're Antifa supporters, and how exactly are they coming after you, and through what medium? Um, 
Uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter and private messages in social media. We did our research. Uh-huh. Once we lo- figured out who they were, we did our research. Gotcha. Interesting. Very nice. And yeah. what, did they say anything other than attacks on you? Uh, I mean, I don't quite understand their ideology. Ideology is um, to the homeless are our most vulnerable, which I absolutely agree with. And because there's multiple reasons someone is homeless. And second of all, that by reporting them, and I think there's a, I want to explain, there's a big misconception of what happens when you report a homeless camp is, or a homeless person is, you know, people like these, you know, activists or, you know, um, protesters believe that it's cruel to, you know, right to rest, leave them alone. I believe it's cruel to step over a homeless person on your way to get your latte and, and leave the most vulnerable out to all the things that they encounter, addiction and violence. When you report a homeless camp uh, to the city, they send out the impact team, which is a group of police officers who do incredible work. I've seen them in action. They do incredible work. They come out and they talk to these people and they get them in immediate services. And like I said, I've seen them in action. We're very lucky to have them. So I believe the compassionate thing to do is to call. And because everybody wins when these people get into the services they need, whether it's drug services, whether it's emergency housing, whether it's health for mental illness, everybody wins when these people get the services they need. So I believe by every time you report it, you are doing the compassionate thing. I tell you what, anybody who who would be anti what uh, Ramona and her neighbors are doing and the way they're doing it is is mentally ill. You're a crazy person or a moron. Hey, uh, can we... Let's figure out somehow that we can get your contact information in a way that if people are thinking, wow, I need to get that going in my neighborhood, they can get in touch with you. Would that be cool? I would be. Yes, I would be happy. I've already talked to somebody in a different area that wants to start the same thing, because I think what we have going, like I said, it worked in 24 hours. And what I think what we have going is uh, is a model for success. And I would love to see people in San Diego and people in, in other cities be able to um, do this for themselves. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Ramona Russell, hey, it's great to talk to you. Thanks. Thank you so much, you guys. Oh, it's our pleasure. Yeah. What a, what a nice and interesting person. You know what I'd do if I won the lottery? We always <laughs> joke about that. You know, you buy the NFL and make them play baseball or whatever. Right. But um, uh, there's all kinds make of like... the NBA play on ice. There's Learn all, to skate. <laughs> there's all kinds of academic soci- sociology sorts of things I would like to do if I had unlimited money. Like, I'd like to study like a million homeless people. Like a really thorough... And figure out exactly what's going on instead of all the guessing. Like, really try to narrow it down. Interview them each for, for, for 12 hours. Yeah. Figure out how did you end up this way? What is going on in your life? Try to figure out how many are how how many of you are drunks? How many of you are drug addicts? How many of you are crazy? Mm-hmm. How many of you are whatever? Just figure it all out. Right? How many of you are lazy and stupid? Because that's some. I mean, so I just I would love to know because we still don't know that as a society. Well, it seems to me, number one, you've probably nailed most of the causes, and and you'd probably come up with like five, six primary causes. Then you might be able to develop a program that said, okay, this person is an A, B, and an F, and and you deal with those problems. And if they couldn't get their act together, you know, obviously, if if somebody's severely mentally ill, well, then they get the help of society until the day they die. Um, That's fine. Um, But if somebody's lazy and just likes to be high, 
okay, you and I might disagree. Maybe you want taxpayers to pay for a program for them. Um, maybe I don't. But okay, so there's a program for them. And if they get done with that two, three tries, they're still lazy and like to get high. What responsibility do I have to take zero, care of? Them? Zero, 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 zero. Um, what percentage of the homeless population is? And, zero? and by the way, just real quickly, because I happen to hear Milton Friedman talking about this the other day online. If you think you have a responsibility to continue to spend money on that person, please go ahead and may God bless you. But don't compel me to do it through the government's force what percentage of people are just losers i would love to know that is it the homeless crowd is it three is it 30 is it 70 percent i don't i don't honestly know i don't even really have a guess yeah i do it depends how you define the term i guess but well people that can help themselves and for whatever reason they don't want to i hope you win the lottery Get this going. I would love to know that. Me? I'm going to buy Disneyland and make it more realistic by releasing real mice and dogs. Never mind the big-headed cartoon types. Mickey Mouse is now a real mouse. How do you like him, kids? Um, We've got clips of the week coming up. He's got the Dehanavirus. Careful. What percentage of the homeless are just losers that don't want to help themselves? Do you have a guess? Text line 415-295-KFTC. I'd love to know your guess. I've known plenty of people who are losers who have no interest in helping themselves. I have too. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, um... That's interesting. So she, the, the guest we just had, they did a Facebook thing with their their neighborhood to try to take on the homeless situation and shame public officials. Mm-hmm. That next door app that's popular all over America, yeah, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Vince had a funny post about that the other day. He said, "Don't read next door app unless you want to be horrified about your neighborhood." Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. There is a certain amount of that. It's like reading the local newspaper where you you, you hear about crimes you wouldn't have otherwise heard about, and it right. you know I. I, I it's a fine line between it's good to know these things and now I'm freaked out and I wouldn't have been otherwise and it doesn't really have anything to do with me. And Well, what's the deal on all the freaking lost pets? That's what I want to... <laughs> why can't you people hang on to your pets? Got our tiny little uh, pug as a puppy a couple weeks ago got out on the highway. Oh, and boy. And uh, don't, know, don't know how I end up... It's because I had... The, the, the place is fenced off for all our giant animals, but it wasn't fenced off for something the size of a rat. Jackass elephants and rhinos, if you're unfamiliar. And it was standing out on the highway. Oh, boy. And uh, luckily, um, somebody who lives near us uh, saw a little cute puppy and decided to stop and pick it up and took it home. And Laura went on next door right away. It was there, went and got it. It was all within like a half an hour. You know, it's funny. I was going home yesterday uh, after. Oh, hey, shout out to uh, Eric and Tim and Chris, who I played golf with yesterday, who made a really nice donation to help foster kids to uh, play golf and have lunch with us and the rest of it. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, great guys, by the way. It was really an enjoyable afternoon. But uh, So I'm, I'm just getting home, and there uh, in the street in front of my house is a little dog. And I notice it has tags on. So I pull over, I stop, I get out, and uh, did the old, hey, come here, little boy, and, and try to get the thing to come to me. And I get within three feet, and then scamper away. That's always so and then frustrating. And I, I bend over, I'd get to within three feet, and scamper away. And I hope somebody got it on YouTube and is going to post it, because I'm sure <laughs> I look like an idiot. But I just couldn't get the dog to come to me. So I thought, 
I'm at the limit of what I can yeah. do. I've done that on busy roads before and thought, you're going to get run over. Yeah, but th- what are you going to do? Come to me. You're going to get squashed. I know try. what to do. I'm a human. <laughs> Put your hand to your temple. Listen, dog, I am not your enemy. Yeah, I'm here to help. Yeah. We should probably do cow. Then maybe we'll have time to hear from the uh, HHS secretary back before he became the secretary and thought it was evil to fly around at the taxpayer's expense. I'm heartbroken over this. I was a big Tom Price fan. This is this is a tough day for me. It's tough. But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cal Clips of the Week. Rocket Man should have been handled a long time ago. Little Rocket Man. Leader Kim Jong-un yesterday called Trump a mentally deranged U.S. daughter. And online search engines are, of course, as we all know, dominated by one major player. That's right. Say it with me. Bing. Politics is like really fast and it's about popularity and um, strategy in a lot of ways, which I can admire. But it's not about, you know, it's not it doesn't make the same change that, you know, legislation makes. There are fascists standing on top of the shoulders of other fascists, forming extra large fascists. Sometimes he sounded like someone who took one semester from a radical professor when he was a freshman, and that's all he knows about the world. That's speaking to the leadership, speaking to the president. We've made the decision, since we don't have the votes, we will postpone that vote. Why don't you tell me what it is, Dale, and quit beating around. Tell me what it is. Oh, you're home early. Hi, Francis Melman. Hey, how are you, you f***ing racist? Oh, that's fantastic. That was a good cow. Well done, Shawnee. Well we, done. We did get some response on the text line. I was asking, how many of the homeless people are uh, are losers? What percentage are losers? That's where I'd like to start before you start taking my taxpayer money. I'd like to know that. I'm defining a loser as somebody who could help themselves, but they don't want to. That's a good definition. Um, Very and solid. I, and I actually don't have any idea what, what, the, what the percentage is. Well, remember that incredibly controversial email we did earlier today that uh, stirred no controversy? Um, the guy, well, I'll, I'll come up with it again. I don't want to misquote him. I have known two relatives, one friend, and two acquaintances who have become homeless. Every one of them end up, ended up on the streets because they stole from anyone who tried to help. That's one experience. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think 25% are losers. Another quarter had a bad situation. They were paycheck to paycheck and lost a job. The other half somewhere on the spectrum of mental illness. You could be right. We got this opinion. So, I'm sorry. So, they were going with like 25% losers? 25% bad situation, paycheck to paycheck, something happened. And then the other half somewhere on the spectrum of crazy. Okay. So. Uh, 97% losers, says this person. Most of them young looking in my area. It doesn't help when you have a methadone clinic on the boulevard. It would vary from area to area. You could have certain areas where you got a lot of the young kind of think it's fun to be uh, messed up and live in the wild lifestyle. I don't know. Uh, two and five are junkies is my guess. They prey on your kindness. Uh, I've delivered the back alleys of a grocery store every day. Homeless people are straight up 90% crazy. I almost get assaulted once a week by crazy people. So he's going with 90% of them are crazy. Mentally ill. All right. This is a good one from a small town. We have two permanent and three transient homeless in our small town. That's the way it was in small town America for me growing up. There was like one, two, or three, depending on the town, and everybody knew their name and their deal. Otis the Drunk. Andy Griffith's show. When I lived in Hayes, there was, he was uh, homed. 
I remember when Spinner died, it was a big deal. Spinner had been there for years. He would stand on the corner, yell at people and spin. And everybody just knew him as Spinner. Wow. And he just kind of, I don't know how he made his way. But uh, then Spinner died. That was a sad day. Uh, but this this town, they said, oh, uh, my text line jumped. They've just got that many people hanging around their town. And what is their deal? The answer will shock you as soon as I find <laughs> it. <laughs> I found that email. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I may sound, oh, with all the hepatitis A going around, writes correspondent, I can't help thinking, is this not nature taking care of the homeless problem? I may sound heartless, but I've worked with the homeless off and on for over 30 years. The vast majority of them are a-holes who want to do what they want to do. Stay loaded, poo in the streets, panhandle, etc. Could this be natural selection? That is, uh, let's see, uh, uh, certainly, if not cold, a chilly way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, the problem is, if you then say, therefore, I don't care, you're ignoring the people that are in a terrible uh, situation, not of their own failings. And they deserve help as surely as somebody who has cancer deserves help. So you ought to help them. The helpless. I don't think that's controversial. The problem is, is right. that 5% of the group or or 95% of the group? I don't know. Yeah. And before you craft any policy, I want to know that. I think that is an absolutely responsible question for a taxpayer to ask. We have two permanent and three transit homeless in our small town. Both of the permanents are alcoholics. And if they put as much effort into getting a job as they do to gathering recyclables, they'd be rich. <laughs> All three of the transients are mentally ill. So there you go. Two alcoholics and three tran- uh, three transients that are mentally ill. Uh, yeah, it's a completely different situation. But, you know, in in both in both of them though, you could give as much money as you want to a crazy person, or the people who don't want to help themselves. In neither case are you going to help anybody. <laughs> yeah, the mentally ill people need to be in some sort of I don't know what you do to help them. Mentally, they either need to be on drugs or whatever. they need it's some safe. care. Yes. Yeah. But you can't just hand money to a crazy person. That's not going to help. Well, you know, it's like, uh, you know, my old joke about uh, I think you have a drinking problem. Well, get me a drink or I'll have two problems. You know, mm. I need a drink. Um, <laughs> you got a poor mentally ill person. You give them money. They'll only be a mentally ill person for a little while. How does that not help? Well, it depends on how crazy they are. How You've long made them unpoor The money's not going to last an hour, is it? I mean, well, it's a nice hour. Mm. Sometimes I'll do something for an hour and enjoy it very much. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Al Trump is extolling the GOP's massive, massive tax cut. The health sec prices travel bill now stands at over a billion dollars. And how many Americans think the country's going to hell? We have the new poll numbers minutes from now, Armstrong and Gibby. Got one police officer weighing in on how many of the homeless are just losers. Wow, yeah, uh, those who work with the homeless. Throw some percentages around. I mean, we're not going to take any individual uh, opinion terribly seriously, but I'd like to see that data. All right, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. myself <laughs> i heard that oh sorry hey how you doing uh let's get the news now with marshall phillips well, president trump promoting his plan for a sweeping rewrite of the tax code this morning he was talking to the national association of manufacturers the president said he was there to honor the best brand in the world made in the usa 
insisting his administration was working to remove the excessive regulations and tax costs which are hindering American manufacturing. And he added, At the very center of that plan is a giant, beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country, tax cut. Well, that's uh, some tepid response there. <laughs> does, he, does he think the hyperbole is still working? Did, that's become a joke. And because I want the tax cut to be, I just, I can't believe he thinks that's still working. That everything is the greatest, most giant, amazing. And yeah, I've read chunks of the art of the deal. Yeah. I get what he's doing, but you can only claim that, you know, four, five, six times before somebody starts to think, all right. Health and Human Services Secretary Tom Price is saying he's very sorry he charted private jets at taxpayer expense so many times. He won't do it again. I'm sorry you got caught. I've heard the criticisms. And, uh, and in, in order to make certain that people appreciate that, that my respect for the taxpayer is as strong as it can be and always has been in my 40-year uh, uh, career, uh, uh, we think it's important to do a number of things. Well, you're... you're- your claim there that your commitment to the taxpayer is as strong as it ever been doesn't square with what you just did. I, I don't I don't understand how you and his and his exclamation was I, I saw him interviewed yesterday on Fox yeah. News. His exclamation was, "Well, these were approved. I ran them through the channels. Uh, so what? The channels suck. First of all, we yeah, need new channels. First of all, you got to say, well, doesn't that say something about the process too? You didn't need to ask. You asked for private planes for some trips that are really suspect. Why did you ask? I don't care that they were approved. That's its own problem. And can we hear from what he had to say back in the day, Sean, before he was in this position? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. With sounds. I think we've uh, we've we made go. it halfway where we ought to, and that is uh, cut it from eight to four jets. Now we need to cut it from four jets to zero jets. Um, th- this is just uh, uh, another example of uh, a fiscal irresponsibility, irresponsibility run amok in, in Congress right now. Well, I want to say to the Speaker... Don't you fly over our country in your luxury jet and lecture us on what it means to be an American. So he was really down on the whole flying around on private jets when he was out of office. Then he's taken it to a further degree than most officials do, and they all probably fly around way too much on our dime. Politico at first put the 26 charter flights at a cost of the taxpayers of more than $400,000, but that list is growing. Politico's now reporting the White House approved the use of military aircraft that took he and his wife to Europe and Africa at a taxpayer cost of another $500,000. You know, I heard somebody making the argument that, you know, these are important officials with important jobs. There's a lot of people do a lot of business in this country flying regular flights. How about you fly in first class? That'd be a 15th the cost of the charter. I don't know why. Maybe a 25th of the cost. I'm not exactly sure why I, as a taxpayer, would pay for him to be in first class. There's a lot of people doing big-time deals today that are flying around the country at great inconvenience to them and their families because that's what they do for a living. Why, right. do, why as a government official, do you get to avoid that? I'm oh, not exactly so important. I don't understand the argument. What happened to the American left who were howling not too many years ago, that power corrupts. An absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now you want bigger, more powerful government. What happened to you? And lastly, according to a new Fox News poll, more than half of American voters think the world is going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> 
Not surprisingly, Democrats were more likely to think the world is going to hell. About 70% of them agreed with the conclusion compared to 42% of Republican voters. Those figures were roughly reversed back in 2014. And there you go. They were reversed. (laughs) So what do you do with that? Stop asking people questions. (laughs) No more polls. No more polls. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Voice of the West. I got a couple of interesting answers on the what percentage of the homeless are losers as opposed to need our help because they can't help themselves. Which I'm all for. I have no problem with that. That is so obviously a question we all ought to have a decent grasp of. I don't think we have the slightest idea. I think that I think somebody probably does, but nobody wants to hear it. Uh, well, I usually hear it from some advocacy group, right? And then I so I don't trust it. And then there's a lot of people who think that all the well, we're going to talk about this, but all the drunks and drugs out there, you just get them help. There's a lot of drunks and drugs. They don't want any help, right? They don't want to quit. So what are you going to do with them? All right, stay with us. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I have text running the gamut of human emotions. I have funny, I have mean, I have pointless, I have anecdotal. Is it running the gamut or gambit? What, I is, know. what is that word? Gamut. Just, I'll just, I don't know. G-A-M-U-T. Uh, so Fox News. What do pre- I win? Fox News just came out with a picture of the Dr. Seuss-hating librarian dressed up in a cat-in-a-hat uniform from a couple of years ago at the library. So apparently this is a fairly, fairly right. recent hatred of Dr. Seuss since Donald Trump's wife got into it. She must have gotten a radical girlfriend like Colin Kaepernick. But on the subject of the homeless, how many are losers? How many are mentally ill? How many are whatever? Uh, oh, a number of people have pointed this out. This is a thing now. Uh, thanks to Portland and Seattle purchasing one-way bus tickets for homeless, we have a huge population in Bellingham, Washington now. 80% are between 20 and 30 years old and look to be able-bodied but drug-addicted. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that putting, given, putting the homeless on a bus with a one-way bus ticket is a thing all over America right Fantastic. now. And again, your definition of a loser is someone who can help themselves but chooses not to. Yeah, and I really don't care what they do other than... Get the hell out your way. Yeah, go away. <laughs> Don't be around me. Uh, we have many homeless in Placerville, California now. They're busing them over from the San Francisco area and drop them off at the bus station. I try to walk on the bike path in that area, and they live in the bushes, drug paraphernalia, pooping, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. I've lived in this county for 40 years, and we've never had this. Wow. 40 years of living there, and this is the first time ever. It's the sending them over on the bus from San Francisco. Wow. Is that real? Is that happening? Mm-hmm. A person says so. I always swore that was some sort of urban myth. Well, we know it's happened because we, we did a story on this. There was, who are people sending? Sacramento was sending them to Reno, or Reno was sending them to Sacramento, one of the two. Yeah, I think California was shipping people out on buses to wow. wherever they claimed to be from. Yeah, but they were asking crazy people, where are you from, get a cra- or drunk, or whatever, get a crazy uh, answer. Tallahassee. Just, just put them on a bus with nothing else. You just, when you get off, good luck. Right. Just, you won't be here, which, right. by the way, I'm for you not being here. What are you going to do when you get there? I don't care. I just don't want you to be here. So, San Francisco is now a bum exporter? Uh, the fact that buses are just being propped up by big bum. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a metro bus driver in Seattle dealing with the homeless. 80% are losers. I don't know. That's his idea. 
homelessness for many people is a lifestyle, much like a hippies is the sixties. All the help in the world is not going to help. I don't know if I agree with that either. How well, about this one on the again, other side? Our question was what percentage? Don't say all or most. Or we give me a number. I'm a criminal defense attorney that used to do court appointed criminal defense in Carvelis. Permanently homeless people are primarily both mentally ill and drug or alcohol addicted. Losers are rare in my experience. Well, but see, that's the whole drug. You're under the belief that someone who's a, a, an alcoholic or a drug addict can be helped. I don't believe that that's true. Well, did he say the vast majority are both? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, if they're mentally ill and self-medicating, that's completely different than somebody who likes to get high. Yep. Quote, unquote. Now, I would posit that there could be a significant difference between um, the experience of a, an attorney in Corvallis, Oregon, versus, you know, a, a bus driver in Seattle. Or that if you're a criminal defense attorney, it's people that have gotten to the point that they're actually in the criminal defense system. There's a lot of people that don't ever end up a foul of the law. Sure. They're a foul, but they're not a foul of the law. Mm. I volunteer at a Bay Area food bank. More than half the time, I load food into cars better than the one I drive. So wow. that person, okay. in terms of helping people. Well, um, they're, they're, but again, that's that's scumbags and 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 uh, and beggars and and grabbers. That's not the homeless. I didn't catch it's this. Like when people call beggars the homeless, a lot of those people aren't homeless. They're beggars. Howard Stern did an experiment where <laughs> this is pretty funny. Howard, and I'd love to do this sort of thing. This is the sort of thing I'd do if I was a billionaire. Howard Stern did an experiment where he gave a homeless person fifteen thousand dollars. The homeless person. <laughs> The homeless person bought an $8,000 drum set and stayed in a fancy motel partying for two months before he ran out of money. (laughs) An $8,000 drum set. Just hanging out, playing my expensive drums. (laughs) The first thing you do is buy a really expensive drum set. Wow, an $8,000. Then go go live in a really nice hotel room until you run out of money. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) It's a plan. Uh, Let's hear our guest announcer. I got to take care of something real quick over here. I'm Strong's and Gettys. You're going to have your final thoughts. You know what I'm saying? That's some cultural belligerence right there. Yeah, that's a little uh, regional belligerence. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. A Midwestern supremacist. All right, let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. All right, final thoughts. Grammar Nazis, I know I have sinned in the Tom Price story. I said military aircraft took... He and his wife to Europe and Africa. I know it is not supposed to be he. It's supposed to be him and his wife. And for that, I sorely, sadly apologize. We need more grammatical apologies in America. Thank you, Marshall. (laughs) Michelangelo, final thought. Yeah, my sweet five-year-old nephew has a birthday next weekend, and I'll be sending him two children's books, Dr. Seuss's FEMA in the Forest and Where's Waldo and the Tax Cut I Was Promised. (laughs) Beautiful. Positive Sean, your final thoughts. Yeah, I couldn't have in my wildest dreams ever imagined a society where giving Dr. Seuss books to children's libraries was somehow controversial. But of course it was, and of course because modern society is perfect, she dressed up as Cat in the Hat several years back. Of course that happened. Right. Oh, boy. Jack, what is your final thought? Seriously, before you're going to tax my... uh tax me on everything and take my money and give it to various homeless causes you gotta nail down how many people are losers and how many people are crazy if it's all crazy people fine tell me that we'll have to deal with it as a society they can't help being crazy but if they're not freaking quit taking my money my final thought 
Just four days after President Trump unleashed his enhanced vetting for immigrants, uh, the immigration form contains this question. Do you seek to engage in terrorist activities while in the United States, or have you ever engaged in terrorist activities? Yes, no. If terrorist, yes, explain. (laughs) So, (laughs) finally, we're stopping them at the border before they can come in and wreak their havoc. Wow. Makes you want to buy an $8,000 drum set, doesn't it? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who think so little time. Go to armstrongandgettyradio.com. We've got a great videotape of a social justice warrior lunatic chick oh, in action. Uh, just, I tell you what, it's a visit to the human zoo. Crazy. Yeah. We'll see you on Monday, and we'll be tweeting and stuff all weekend. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Matt Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come to go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.